Welcome to Social Anxiety Solutions, your journey to social confidence. My name is Sebastian van der Schrier, and I'm an ex-social anxiety disorder sufferer. Thanks to energy psychology and the help of some brilliant therapists, I've been able to become free of anxiety and I'm comfortable and relaxed in social situations. Now, on this show, I interview experts from both Western traditional psychology as well as Eastern energy psychology, and I try to uncover their best social anxiety solutions. So each month, by now, it used to be each week, uh, we'll put new tools into your toolkit to enhance your social confidence. Now today, I'm interviewing Dr. Dane here on the topic of excess consciousness bars, and you'll learn about what that is, and his insights into how to create deep connection with you, it's capital Y-O-U and others. Here is a bit about Dane. Dane specializes in human behavior and change and travels across the world to teach audiences how to establish a deeper connection with themselves and the world. For over 14 years, Dane has developed a high level of expertise in personal development. His workshops and talks have shown thousands from different cultures, ages, and social backgrounds Globally, how to achieve true happiness. Dr. Hears appeared in newspaper, magazine, and online publications, as well as numerous TV and radio shows worldwide. He's also written nine books on healing, money, and relationships. His 2011 book, Being You, Changing the World, is an international bestseller and has been translated into six languages. Dane is also the co-creator of a process or method we'll have to find out what exactly that is, called Access Consciousness Bars. And uh, he'll be sharing about that in this interview. So, uh, Dane, um, we had a bit of startup trouble, but we're both here. Thanks for being on the show. Hey, Sebastian. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great to be with you. Mm. So, um, you know, to, to give the viewers a bit of a, a background... Um, I was introduced to excess consciousness bars uh, just a couple of weeks ago when I was introduced to your work and uh, knew that you were going to come speak on the podcast. And I was like, I want to give that an experience. I want to have an experience of it um, before I actually interviewed you. And uh, <clears throat> there was a practitioner in uh, where I live, and I live in Bali, Indonesia at the time. And... Um, it was very interesting and very healing. I focused on um, anger because I, <laughs> I, I have uh, a certain person in my life that uh, pushes my buttons quite well. And uh, that was the focus of, of the session. And uh, we, we went through the session and we can talk a bit about how that went. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm a lot more relaxed and easygoing about that whole scenario and the person in question. So uh, I... I I know from experience, because I've gone through a lot of different healing modalities, that this is uh, something that is powerful and works on a deep level. And, uh, you know, I've seen the results. So um, my first question is just uh, to, you know, give people an idea. What is Access Consciousness Bars? And maybe can you share the story, how you found it or how you developed it or, or co-created it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so let's distinguish. Access consciousness is a 
basically a set of tools, techniques, and information that allow you to change an area of your life. And bars is one part of it. And it literally, apparently, we just had a study done, and it actually seems to change your brain waves in, in some really dynamic ways that lead to a lot more peace, a lot more ease, a lot more gratitude, a lot more space in your life, you know, which is a lot of things you were just talking about from having received that set. Now, I came to it uh, 17 years ago now. I was at a place in my life where I was done living, really. I was My point of view was if I had to wake up depressed and unhappy one more day, I didn't need to be here anymore. And I said, universe, here's the deal. You got six months. Either my life really changes or I'm out of here. And a week later, I saw an ad for Access Consciousness and the bar. And I called the girl and I said, what do you do? And she said, well, basically a good place to start. There's all kinds of stuff, but we should probably start with this thing called the bars, which there's these 32 points on the head that we found. And when you place your head, place what I'll do is I'll place my hands on these different points and they have names like money, body, aging, control, creativity. Uh, and when I place my hands on these points, it's basically just going to get rid of the charge around whatever that issue is. And I went, oh, okay, cool. And so I literally walked in. Actually, I didn't walk in. It was in my office. She walked in and I'm laying down on my massage table. She puts her hands on my head and I feel this rush of energy go through my body that felt like liquid love. And it was like, wow. And I had been missing that. Now, I was somebody, I was searching every friggin' self-help modality I could. I was studying metaphysics. I was studying psychology. I was studying business. I mean, I was studying, I knew something different was possible, but I hadn't been able to create it for any length of time. So after about her having her hands on my head for about five minutes, I start giggling like a little kid. And she would move her hands every few minutes. And every time she'd move her hands, I would giggle again. And it was like, he, 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 mm. he, like, you know, that joy that children have. And I literally got up from this session that lasted about an hour and 15 minutes. And I remember looking outside. I'll never forget the way the sky looked. And I looked up and I went, wow, has it always been this beautiful here? Oh, my God. If it feels this way, I want to live. I'm in. And so I started exploring what else Access Consciousness had to offer. And within a very short amount of time, it became sort of the primary set of tools in my toolbox for when something would come up that was stressful, something would come up that where I felt like I couldn't deal with it. Um, you know, I love the podcast, Social Anxiety Solutions, because this is one of the things where we have so many tools to contribute to people. This is not, you know, nobody has to live with social anxiety. And it it is actually changeable far easier than most people think. It's just most people have never been given the tools. Amen. Exactly. Uh, I also uh, like what you – a couple of things I want to uh, reply to or respond to. What, what you uh, said about the giggling, that, that's a common, common sign of energy release or like something uh, you know, has been tickled inside of you. Uh, you know, some, something is released, or at least that's my experience and uh, a lot of my clients, like uh, a p part of resistance is kind of touched upon. And uh, when you looked out of the window and you're like, wow, has it always been this beautiful? For, for me, I've, I've experienced that many times as well. It's like you, you've, you've just gotten rid of some, some heavy baggage that caused you to, to look at the world gloomy. And then when that's no longer there, the world actually does look different. Right? <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. 
Interesting. And that's one of the coolest things there is, especially when you're in that place of sort of having given up hope. And for me, I'm a fighter, man. I mean, not a fighter as in a fighting person, but I will not give up. And I had gotten to the place where I really was out of hope. And to have that restored, and like you said, to have that baggage, I felt like I was, I felt like I was carrying baggage on my back. You know what I mean? It was like I was carrying the elephant and the baggage. And I felt like somebody took a lot of the elephants away. And I was like, whoa, it can be this way? Holy crap, this is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Right, so uh, Dane, is there um, is there something that you can say about what it actually does or, um, you know, what people might experience when when they when they use it or when they go through an experience yeah absolutely what it well okay so what it one of the things that it seems to do is it seems to literally change people's brain waves for the greater we just had a study done and there's you know i'm not a big neuroscientist by any by any means but in the one gigahertz spectrum and the 20 or 22 gigahertz spectrum two sort of major ranges one is creativity and then one activates and it actually has the sense of connection with the universe it's like those change dramatically and basically what happens is you just get more of a sense of peace more of a sense of ease and for a lot of people that are walking around feeling sort of constricted feeling in a lot of judgment it's like somebody opens the door for that to that dark room that you've been in and you actually finally see some light and some space finally. And I mean, literally for me, it saved my life. Now that doesn't happen for everybody, but I have also seen that happen with other people. But what most people get is they just get happier. They get, they, it's like, it feels like the universe is no longer sitting on their shoulders in the way that it was before the session. Hmm. I would say that's probably the most common thing is, is a sense of peace, a sense of space and a sense of more ease. And, and I want to also, if, if we have the time to talk about it, because the bars are really phenomenal, but it's something you need to have done in person. Mm-hmm. There are lots of tools that Access offers and different ways of looking at things that everybody can use that we can talk about that they can start implementing right now. And then I highly suggest getting your bars run. Highly, highly, highly suggest it. It, it does something that nothing else on the planet does that I know of. Um, and, but, also in conjunction with these other tools, they sort of can be there in your toolbox for when things come up that you can, that allow you to start to get more awareness of the situation, but also change it. Absolutely. Well, we got, uh, we got plenty of time. The floor is yours. Uh, I'm, I'm curious. Well, so, so if we, if we look at this thing of social anxiety, you know, and, you know, let's be clear, I'm a chiropractor. Okay. So my, my training is not as a psychologist, uh, a lot of the information that I've gotten is actually by working with people um, doing, and what I do when I work with people is I ask them questions. So I find out what's going on for them. And one of the things that, that I would really like people to start to recognize is, and one of the greatest tools they can start to use is the awareness that 98% of our thoughts, our feelings and our emotions are actually things we're picking up from other people. And so One of the things that I've seen with people who have social anxiety is that they have a more heightened awareness of what other people are going through and, and people's thoughts, their feelings, their emotions, their judgment, 
their sense of wrongness, their projections, all that stuff that is in people's heads, people with social anxiety, whereas somebody who doesn't have social anxiety, for example, their dial, their volume knob may be turned to one. Somebody who has social anxiety, it feels to them like it's turned to a hundred. And it's just so much information. They don't know what to do with it, which is what causes, which is one of the big causes of the social anxiety. And so one of the tools that you can use, and I'm a, I'm a, real big believer in tools because it's like we've there's lots of things in our lives we wanted to change and we knew change should be possible but until somebody gives you the tool you don't know how to do it and you don't have something with you that you can use and so one of the greatest things you can start to do is for every thought feeling and emotion you have if you'll ask this question who does this belong to and you may want to say it three times. Like you go, who does this belong to? Who does this belong to? Who does this belong to? If it lightens up at all, it's not yours. It's something that you're aware of. And you can't do anything about something you're aware of if it's not yours because it actually belongs to somebody else. It's like, have you ever hung out with sad people? Yeah, you bet. <laughs> right? Or like the energy you when you walk into a certain room. Hmm. Yeah, Exactly. And do you ever notice, I, like, you notice the energy. Yeah. But nobody ever takes that one step further and acknowledges we're noticing it all the time. And so what happens is, because we have that level of awareness and nobody's ever told us and nobody's ever told us what to do about it, we think all of that stuff is ours. And so if you walk into a room with more than, you know, people have their limits, but if you, most people, if they walk into a room with more than three or four people, as somebody who has social anxiety, it's like too much. I just can't handle the crowds. Well, why is that? Because what they're really getting is this influx of information, this influx of the energies that other people have in their heads. And so it's like, you know, you say that thing about, you know, when you're, when you're around somebody who's sad, like when you said, yeah, or you walk into a room and you perceive the energy, that's exactly what happens in people's day-to-day -day lives. And so because we have this level of awareness, if you'll ask, who does this belong to? And if it lightens up at all, it's not yours. Just return it to sender. You don't even have to know who it is because it may not be somebody next to you. It could be somebody thinking about you. It could be somebody on the other side of the world. But if it lightens up at all, just return it to sender and then move on with your life. And if you'll do this for three days, every thought, feeling, and emotion, judgment, heaviness, anxiety, tension that you have, at the end of three days, the way I like to say it is at the end of three days, you'll walk around like you're in a walking, talking meditation. Now, for somebody with social anxiety, their, their awareness is so intense that what they'll notice is a lessening in the social anxiety. And then for that, there are other tools to, to start dealing with it. Mm. Um, um, we're highly, you know, I'd say most, if not, you know, a very high percentage of people with social anxiety were indeed highly sensitive people. And uh, so, um, you know, give you an example. We were, uh, on a boat a couple of days ago and, um, uh, you know, we we're going to some Island and, and all of a sudden, a friend of mine is is a bit moody and you know i'm able to pick up on that i'm able to sense what is going on because the whole 
the whole vibe of the place has has been shifted and changed around, right? I mean, I guess that's what you're referring yeah. to, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And and, and uh, sorry, but uh, l- let me finish this one sec. And uh, so no, you, no you're perceiving what it is that other people are. Um, you know, are feeling. You're very sensitive to that. And when you're in social anxiety, you're, that can be very negative. However, when you're free of your social anxiety, that high sensitivity becomes a massive skill because you're now so in tune to how other people are feeling that you can, you know, uh, help facilitate them feeling better. You, you know, you, you, you just have such acuity with your social skills with which you can help other people, which, with, with which you can lighten the mood, with which you can shift the energy around that is in the room. And uh, so that's, that's a real benefit that you have. So that sensitivity is actually an asset once you use these tools, do access consciousness or whatever kind of techniques in order to shift and get away from the social anxiety, move through it however long it takes to get there. And then once you get to the other side, that sensitivity becomes like a massive, massive asset. And, uh, and then I, I also find that a lot of the negativity that we see from other people is this perception it's it's our own stuff projected onto them that we're then you know suffering from it's like oh they they don't like me well how about you don't like yourself and you're projecting it onto them and now you're kind of able to see it would you find that's uh you know that's something you've experienced or seen well i would say that also Hmm. and i'm so 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 grateful for what you said about this really is a capacity. Once you get past the wrongness of it and the, and once you get past, like you said, sort of that hump of social anxiety. And I also, I don't care whether to use access or something else. I just want you to have the freedom, you know, do whatever the heck works for you. But once you get past it, it is so true. You have these, you, it's kind of like having superpowers, yeah. you know, and it's interesting because you truly can facilitate people. You can change the energy because you're aware of it now as an energy, not as something that you think you're suffering and not as something that's a wrongness in you again. Because we keep, especially people with social anxiety, keep going to this sense that they're somehow wrong. And so when you were saying, you know, is this our stuff projected? Yeah, there's definitely that. And we're also aware of other people's judgments of themselves, not liking themselves, so they also project that out. So we have ours and we have theirs and they get galumped together. You know, they get sort of twisted together in this weird way that really makes it difficult to get clear on what's our stuff and what's theirs, which is where this who does this belong to tool becomes so valuable or invaluable, really. I mean, it's so it's such a part of of. Like I do sessions with people all around the world and have for the last 17 years using these tools. And I would say this idea of, is this yours? It has, has, is work has been used. I would say in, I probably use it in about 90% of the sessions I do at least at some point. Hmm. And I've also found that it doesn't just work on psychological stuff. What I found is somewhere between 50 and 90% of what goes on in people's bodies actually doesn't belong to them because their body is just as aware as they are, which presents this whole other area we don't need to go into. But when you have the sense of wrongness, that's what keeps getting perpetuated. And I was going to say, we, 
We've used this tool so much, and it is so freeing. We literally created an app just for this, and it's it's called Who Does This Belong To? It's Access Consciousness, Who Does This Belong To? And it's free. So if if any of this piques somebody's interest and they want to try it, it's like, go get the darn thing. There's, you know, videos associated with it explaining certain parts of how this works and that sort of thing. But, man, get free of this stuff. You don't have to live with this anymore. Nice. Nice. Very inspiring. And I, I, I like that you're that we're kind of echoing each other in that, hey, listen, this is a, a – this is not a permanent thing. This is actually something you can overcome. A lot of people find that to be uh, something they're they're getting out of these podcasts. So it's like, yeah, it's really inspiring to hear other people who have overcome it or other people share that you can overcome it because, you know, it is something that you can overcome. And, um, you know, I, I just want to bring this up. Yeah. This, this, this podcast is about merging traditional psychology and and energy psychology because we want the best of both worlds and some people are so stuck in the mindset that that the only thing that they can do is change their thoughts face their fears be mindful and you know over time convince themselves that uh, they can they can handle social situations and live with anxiety for the rest of their life but be able to cope with it and that's such a sad reality because you can you can definitely get rid of this and in some and in some situations quite quickly and some of these tools are really really incredible truly. yeah yeah good truly and i'm you know i really am am grateful for you bringing that up because that that's the one thing you know i talked about where i was in my life and i see this with a lot of people it's like some of the people that have social anxiety are some of the most brilliant some of the most creative some of the most aware sensitive beings on the planet and this sense of this is going to be there forever, it just shuts them down, yeah. you know? And that's just such a sadness to me. And especially knowing, like knowing it doesn't have to be that way. It's like I've had, I've had so many people who have come to Access Consciousness and taken the classes and learned how to do the Access Consciousness bars, you know, that we started talking about, mm. and, and change it. It's like it, it just... It doesn't exist in the lives of the people who actually do this stuff for very long, and it's it's really wonderful to see. And but it, but it's also one of those things where here I am knowing this is changeable. Here you are knowing it's changeable, and the people that have been listening to you for a while are like, no, I know he knows because I've been listening to him, you know. And here I am saying, no, man, it's changeable so fast, and they look at you like, seriously, like you've gone three heads in a tail. I'm like, no, it's <laughs> possible. Just try it, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing. It's nice to have information. It's nice to be inspired. But then at the end of the podcast, you click it off. It's like, well, uh, you know, that that's good to know. <laughs> I'll do that one day. <laughs> things are only going to yeah. change, you know, exactly. when, you know, when you actually put things into practice. And uh, you know, some of it exactly. actually costs money. It costs time. It costs efforts. It costs time to research things and do things differently than you have been doing. Uh, you know, the the common definition of insanity, if you keep doing things you've always done, you keep getting the results that you've always gotten. I'm not sure if that was the actual definition. But, <laughs> exactly. You know, that That is how it is. <laughs> you know, you need to do something different if you want to get so different true. results. But when you when you actually put in yeah. the effort and, uh, you know, you get the help where you need it, things are going to shift in your life and things are going to be very, very different. So, uh, yeah, awesome. Um, so true. Yeah. And, and uh, that's, you know, that, that thing is the willingness. See, I'm more than willing to put in effort 
for something that's actually going to work. Right. I got really frustrated in putting in all kinds of effort on things that just didn't work. You know, it was somebody else's conclusion about what was or something, but it wasn't lasting. And yes. that's why for me, when I present something to somebody, I'm like, unless they know it works, unless they know it has the capacity to last, if they do the work, I don't even want to bring it up. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because uh, you get so jaded if, you know, you're, you're, you're promised that something is going to work and then you try it and it fails and you've got your hopes up to the roof. You're like, this is really going to be the thing for me. And then it fails. You give it your all and it fails. And then you try another thing and you fail again. And you then just become really skeptical of any new thing that you might, you know, that, that people say that might, might work for you because you're like, well, I don't want to get that crushing feeling of disappointment again. You know, you become really, really cautious as to trying out new things, which is which is sad. Yeah, I know. Shuts down people's world. Yeah. All right. Well, that's enough of a pep talk. Let's. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> and now for the encouragement section of today's podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh, uh. Dana, I read uh, in your bio on your site. The following, and I quote, For Dane, judgment is the biggest killer on the planet, especially the judgment of ourselves. And yeah, well, I, lo I love that. So can you expand upon what that means and um, you know how, how people can get out of it? Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing you got to realize is, see, one of the things that I found is everything we think is a wrongness of us is actually a strongness of us. Case in point, social anxiety. People with social anxiety are some of the most aware people that are out there. They just don't have the tools to deal with that awareness. And so the judgment that they're wrong for being the way they are, the judgment that they're wrong for being as aware as they are, the judgment that they're wrong for being what they feel is what stops them in their tracks. And the thing about judgment is it's something that we learned at a very young age. You know, you were supposed to judge what was good, judge what was bad, judge what was right, and judge what was wrong, and only do the good stuff, and only do the right stuff, and never do the bad stuff. And yet, so what that does is that puts us in a place where we're trying to judge every choice we make. Is this a good choice, or is this a bad choice? And from my point of view, there is no good choice or bad choice. There's just choice. Some choices work out great. Some choices don't. But even from the choices that don't, you get awareness of what that creates and awareness of what not to do in the future. So is it really a bad choice or a wrong choice, or was it just a choice that didn't work out the way you wanted it to? And one of the tools that I like to give people is what's true for you will always make you feel lighter. A lie for you will always make you feel heavier. <clears throat> and if you start to look at your choices from does this make me feel lighter or does it make me feel heavier when I think about doing this? You'll start to dislodge yourself from judgment as the primary way you function and the primary tool you use for choice. Because it will be more now about the energy of lightness or the energy of heaviness rather than about is this good or bad, is this right or wrong? Because those judgments, every single time we judge, it's like a nail in our coffin. And we're the ones perpetrating it on us. And you were talking about how in social situations you'll perceive something going on in somebody's world and you go, oh, they don't like me. That's because of that judgment thing. 
if we didn't have judgment, we would never be able to come to that conclusion and that point of view. Mm. Nice. Nice. Um, uh, the, the following question doesn't really follow up on what you've been talking about, but uh, I just saw it written on your site, and uh, it's about happiness. And it, uh, it was even in, the, in your bio. Um, what does it say? And how to achieve true happiness. So how does one do that? How does one achieve, quote-unquote, achieve true happiness? And, and what's your take on unconditional happiness? Well, so let's there how does one achieve true happiness? That's kind of a large it's actually a large question, but truly it's funny that the last conversation was about this too. It's really about getting out of the judgment. From see, because we're naturally happy beings. You know, it's like we talked about with with when you let go of that load of stuff you've been carrying, what happens is you start to have a natural lightness to you. That's the way we naturally are. I mean, look at most kids. They're just, they're light, they're happy. And so we teach them that they can't be that way anymore and they need to start judging a little bit more to fit in with everybody else. And so from my point of view, the thing is, number one, get out of the judgment and get out of judgment of you and everybody else because it doesn't matter whether you're judging somebody else or judging you. It's still judgment and it still makes you feel heavy because judgment is always heavy. The judgment is always a lie, and it's something that we function from. But the other thing is, as far as true happiness goes, from my point of view, it's actually having the gratitude for you and the gift that you are, but also the awareness that you can actually create the life you desire. And the awareness that even if you don't create it today, you will eventually get there. And you will find what it's going to take to make it happen, and you will not stop until you do. Hmm. And then from there, you know, because there are all kinds of other elements to it, but the other, the other major part that I've found is actually being a contribution to others is one of the greatest sources of happiness there is. Hmm. And we live our lives so much trying to finally get to a place where we're okay with ourselves that we never even think of contributing to others. And what I've found is, when I'm having a crappy day, I call somebody and contribute to them or send an email of gratitude or something. And it starts taking me out of that instantaneously because we're meant to be communal creatures. We're meant to contribute to others and be around others, which is why, you know, when I heard about your podcast, I was like, I want to do this because this, our nature is to be social. Mm. And people who have social anxiety have such an innate fear of that that they not only take themselves out of society and social situations, they take themselves out of interacting with people, which further closes the walls in around them. And that's just not, not the way that we are designed to be. Mm, absolutely. Um, so <clears throat> what, what advice uh, would you have for someone um, listening to this? How long do you have? like i do classes where where i talk for four days at a time and i don't repeat myself so you know we we could go anywhere you want let's say uh, so i guess action steps yeah go ahead sorry yeah action steps okay couple of action steps Hmm. okay so the first thing really i highly highly suggest getting this idea of who does this belong to just plan on Asking who does this belong to, to every thought, feeling, and emotion you have, if it lightens up, it's not yours. 
And I know some people listening are just going to think I've grown three heads in a tail. I totally get it. But I literally cured myself of depression using that and the access consciousness bars. And because what would happen is that thought of suicide would come up and I'd go, who does that belong to? And it would lighten up. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's not mine either. I've been picking that up too. Wow. So you want to have that. Please start using that and, and recognize. And, and what do you mean with you're lighten actually, up? Sorry. Oh, sorry. So if you're, so for example, if you're, that would be a great thing to give people as <laughs> the basics of the basic tool. Really good information. Thanks. Um, sorry, I've been doing this a while. Sometimes I forget. Um, it's like this. So let's say you, one of the things that used to happen for me is I would go to bed and I'd be relatively happy. And then I would wake up and I felt like the south end of a northbound elephant was sitting on my head. <laughs> and what happened before that was, before I had this tool, what would happen is I would go, oh, wow, what did I do wrong? What's wrong? What do I need to look at? Because it felt so wrong. But I could never find the answer for why it was wrong, and I just kept going into more judgment of how I was wrong for feeling that way. Well, I got this tool. Who does this belong to? And the next time this happened, I was having this terrible horrendousness, you know, where it just felt really heavy in my world. And it was undefinable, but it was so there. And I went, who does this belong to? And it felt like somebody came in and took about 80% of that away and it just lightened up. It's like it disappeared. So it's like if you have fear and it's really intense and you ask, who does this belong to? And it lightens up. It's because it's not yours. So when I say lighten up, it means it dissipates, even if it just dissipates a little bit. And it's basically a way of getting to the awareness of what's yours and what isn't and no longer having to try to own the stuff that's not yours. That way, you only have to own the stuff that is yours, which awesome. is a lot easier to deal with. Awesome. So okay, one, so, access, so the, access consciousness bars. Sorry, we have a bit of a delay. <laughs> that's why we're interrupting each other a bit. But uh, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. Exactly. <laughs> no problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So one, try out excess consciousness bars, uh, or look look into it. But you know, rather than looking into it, actually give it a try, and uh, you know, have your world rocked. And and two, ask that question: Who does this belong to? Yeah, and really, I would highly suggest download the app. It it is free. Right. There's no like marketing stuff on it. It's just it's. And it's got all kinds of videos that it connects to that give you explanations <clears throat> of different things, including this thing called the Access Consciousness Clearing Statement, which I don't think we really have time to go into right now, but I want to give you sort of the, the big gold nugget in the center of it. Hmm. Um, so as we go to our third tool, okay, and the third tool is when you notice yourself judging. Now, what is judgment? Most of us don't even know what judgment is. We just think that's our life. But when you notice yourself going into any form of heaviness or any form of I can't do it or any form of I'm bad or somebody else is bad or this is bad, anytime you go to good, bad, right, or wrong about anything, or all of those weird sort of energies that you can't define where, you know, and somebody with social anxiety will understand this really well, where like if you think about going outside or you think about going into a social situation depending on, you know, whatever form of social anxiety you have, you think all of that energy, all that stuff that comes up 
there's actually an element of judgment to it. And it, so if you get this, who does this belong to stuff, if you get other people's stuff out of the way, then the stuff that's left is where there's an element of something I call refined judgment, which is, which is basically those energetic judgments that you have, those weird energies that come up that seem to stop you, but you don't know where they came from. You just know that something is wrong. And so when you notice yourself judging yourself or anyone else or anything, just stop. Either see a hand in front of you, see a stop sign. And then what I'm going to ask you to do <clears throat> is say POC and POD all of that. POC stands for going back to the point of creation of wherever this judgment got put into your world, wherever you created it, wherever you bought it from somebody else, wherever it entered your world and became part of your life, whether it was last week or a hundred years ago, it doesn't matter, or a hundred billion years ago, or I don't know, um, doesn't matter where it came from. What you're asking for is your awareness to go back and, and actually the consciousness of you, which is why we call this access consciousness, asking for your consciousness to actually go back and change it. Because one of the things that Einstein started being able to explain and talk about is every element in the universe has consciousness. It's actually the natural state of the universe. It's just the two-legged on the planet that don't seem to function that way. You know, the plants function from consciousness, the animals function from consciousness, the mountains, the oceans, you know, until we get involved with our unconsciousness and our unwillingness to sort of function from that point of view because we function so much from our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions, and our judgments. So when you notice yourself judging, what you want to do is see a stop sign, see a hand in front of you, stop it, and then go, everything that is, I now pop and pot it, which stands for going back to the point of creation of where it got created, or something called the point of destruction, which is where you put something destructive into your world, and undoing it. And if you do this, enough over time. And I realize that this particular thing, I, I mean, I realize that everything I'm talking about probably for some people seems so out there. Um, and you know, it may be, I don't know, but I've just seen it work so dynamically. I can't not talk about it. Mm, yeah. But if you do this over time, you'll see, you know what I mean? It's like, mm -hmm. I know you know what I mean. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, if you, if you do this over time, this will start to change. You'll start to notice a less, less intensity and less severity in those judgments showing up. Brilliant, brilliant. Can you repeat the exact phrase that you say, and it's P, uh, POC, P-O-C, uh, and POD, P-O-D, point of creation and point of... Yep. I forgot the Destruction. D. Destruction, yeah. So can you say the exact sentence yeah. uh, again that you say after you see the stop sign? Yeah, you say everything that is Pop and pop it all. Okay. Awesome. Now, mm -hmm. and I, so that's short form for a, a, about six, it's about a 15 minute explanation of, you know, this sort of longer thing that you can do. And, um, but it still works. It's like enough people have used it for enough time that it actually still works to start creating some change. Awesome. Thanks for uh, for sharing those tools. Uh, that that's great. I like it when there's uh, something actionable that people can do, and uh, you know they they got it at the end of uh, listening to the podcast. They don't need to necessarily go anywhere. So I'll I'll link up um, everything that that you have shared and that you will still share in the remaining minutes that we have. 
But um, <clears throat> I like to ask this question. I'm a bit cautious about asking it, but I uh, I'm going to go anyway. So if if, <laughs> if if I could have asked you something that would have allowed you to share something important, what would the question have been, and how would you answer it? You need to say that to me one more time. I think I just spaced out. One more. We, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. My, my English translator was not working very well. Sorry about that, Sebastian. Okay. All right. If I could have asked you something that would have allowed you to share something important, what would the question have been and how would you answer it? The question would have been what is actually possible for us? What are we actually capable of? that we have not acknowledged and been called to act upon and be. And what I would say is we are far greater than we've ever given ourselves credit for. We are far greater than we acknowledge on a daily basis. And all of those things that look like the wrongness of us truly are a strongness. You just need to be able to have somebody who can show you that perspective. And, you know, social anxiety being one great example of that very highly aware people having this terrible time being around other people where they could actually, if they were to embrace it, could actually contribute and receive to it from people in a way that nobody else on the planet can. And so I see this continuously. I see some of the most amazing, phenomenal, brilliant, creative, kind, caring, generous, gentle people on the planet who they're the ones who are always stuck in the sense of the wrongness of them. And from my point of view, it is totally inappropriate for that to be the case. When I say totally appropriate, I mean, it's like a wrongness against humanity. It's not inappropriate. Like they're being bad. It's inappropriate that we have not shown these amazing people what they truly are capable of and what they can truly choose and what they can truly create from there and contribute to the world. Well said. Thank you. Thank you very much. That uh, that's a nice, inspiring ending, and uh, I I agree. You know, this is this is going to be very exciting. Um, you know, there there is kind of a revolution going on in that more and more people are becoming aware of what is possible, and more people are starting to break free from it. And the more people that break free from it, they inspire others. And uh, yeah, I think I thank you very much for your uh, your contribution to that, Dane. And, and can you, um, in leaving, let us know where we can find out more about you and maybe any uh, you know places you want to send people to or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. There, you can go to my website, which is drdanehere.com. My name is very strangely spelled. It's so the website is dr d a i n h double e r d r d a i n h double e r dot com and there on there there are two free video series that i created one's more of an online learning and it's about being you and it's some of these tools that i talk about today but it's a more in-depth dive and <clears throat> there's something like 10 videos there once again it's free it's my gift to you and then there's another one there where i share tools I travel all over the world and I get to see some amazing places and I have these awarenesses and, you know, I pull up my iPhone, make a video and I call it the tour of consciousness. So those are both there available to you as my gift with all kinds of other resources. And <clears throat> with the being you video series, there's a, there's an hour long intro and first chapter of 
the book that I wrote that you mentioned, Being You, Changing the World. And it that alone, if you had nothing else in your toolbox, if you had that with you playing on low volume, but people have, I've literally had thousands of people who have sent me emails saying, I don't know what it is about what you put in this audio, but every time I listen to it, I get comfort and I get a sense of ease. And that's really what I desire. You know, it's like this, this world that we live in, it's like, it's time for something different for all of us. Mm. So I just want to do everything I can to contribute that. Awesome. It, uh, it shows. Thank you very much, Dane. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank and, you so uh, much, Sebastian. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Now, I've created something really awesome for you to get rid of your social anxiety. And this resource is completely free. It's called the Social Confidence Starter Kit. And I've been able to put this kit together as a result of, you know, overcoming my own social anxiety, coaching socially anxious clients to social confidence for thousands of hours in the past seven years, and interviewing over 60 experts on this podcast. Now, this is a very powerful resource. And, you know, I recently read a comment from someone who said that he reduced his social anxiety with 40% using just this starter kit alone. Now, in this starter kit, you'll get three resources. First resource is an ebook called How to Overcome Social Anxiety Completely. And in that ebook, I share why you can be completely anxiety free and I demonstrate how to do that. I also share an audio file in the starter kit where I share my entire story from social anxiety to social confidence and, you know, I share the crazy things I did and tried that didn't really work and and I share what eventually helped me to become completely anxiety-free. And last but certainly not least, the kit contains an 11-part video series where I teach you the basics of EFT tapping, which is one of the most powerful techniques that I've used to overcome my own social anxiety and it's, it's the main technique